Hey, I'm Courtney Brooke, and this is Hustle for Happiness podcast. We are all on this journey to find happiness, and let's face it, it takes work. And honestly, it's not always rainbows and butterflies. This podcast is dedicated to helping you navigate life and cut through the noise. As a certified life coach, recovering perfectionist, and survivor of the foster care system, I'm all about keeping things real. With my unique outlook on life that is truly infectious, we cover everything from achieving happiness and optimal self-care to stories of those sharing their wisdom and expertise. Thank you for showing up for yourself. Now, let's get started. All right, here we go. I am I am feeling super melancholy today. I I'm meeting myself where I'm at today, right? I have a lot of things to do before we go out of town for Thanksgiving. And for me, I needed to meet myself instead of being frustrated with the fact that I am not 100%. I have a lot on my mind. And instead of getting mad, I am just accepting of where I am, accepting of where I am showing up in my day, in my energy, the way I'm feeling, all of the things, right? Um, I have a lot of blessings, a lot of uncertainty right now. And so I think we should just get into it because my high, low and buffalo kind of break it down on all of those things and support my mood, right? Support my energy, support me, the way I am showing up. So my, I'm going to go with my buffalo this time. So each solo episode, we start off with a high, a low, and a buffalo. So high is something, not necessarily good or bad, but just something that felt good. And I'm really leaning in towards feelings lately because I've never really acknowledged them my whole life. And so rather than labeling things good or bad and all that, I would just suggest maybe what felt right, like what's feeling really nice. So that would be my high. And what's low is something that doesn't feel right, a little uncomfortable. Maybe I don't want to say good or bad, but just not 100% right. And then the buffalo, just something interesting. It encourages that conversation, right? That's what this piece is for, the high, low, and buffalo. And so my my buffalo I'm going to start with is... I started making sourdough bread Um, a few episodes back. I talk about really simplifying my life, and I've been on this journey to just be really minimalistic and really intentional with my time, and I've really started to reflect on how I've shifted spending my time, and that is with my sourdough, so to speak. I have been finding things to do around the house and that are at the just more homey nesting. Um, I started doing sourdough and I grow it. Um, you make it. I had no idea what I was getting into before I started doing sourdough. And it's just been so fulfilling. I'll wake up every morning and I'll look at it and see how much it's grown or, you know, there's a part of the sourdough making process where you have to discard some old sourdough. And each day I do this every 12 hours, the first week, and I haven't made it yet. I've been putting it in the fridge because we've been traveling. So I've just been practicing growing the starter, so to speak. But during this process, I've just learned to really 
you know, I call it my baby bread. Like, and it's a girl, right? It's a she. So I'm like, babe, did you see she's growing? And I'll be talking to James. And it's just been really rewarding to know that I'm finding so much fulfillment in something that I didn't even know existed, such as the sourdough starter bread. And so I think we should name her, by the way. So message me because I would love a name. I don't know what to name her. I know it's a girl, but it's just been it's just been so fulfilling in so many ways, not only just with myself and James and knowing how I'm spending my time and how fulfilling it is to know that like shopping never really gave me that excitement and shopping never really fulfilled me. And so I was doing a lot of just aimless scrolling. And so I've cut back my social media time quite a bit, actually. And I have been focusing more on things that, you know, add value to my life. And I've been really working on that the past few weeks. And so the fulfilling piece of not only with just James and I, but then there's a whole community around sourdough. I had no idea that so many people know how to make sourdough or know of someone that knows how to make sourdough. So for me, not only am I meeting like-minded individuals that like sourdough, but there's the community around it. And that was that was honestly a really cool surprise. Um, and which is why it's my buffalo, because there's just been so many interesting things around just the simplistic idea of creating something from scratch, getting James involved, getting the community involved. And then what really hit home for me was you can actually make sourdough as an heirloom. You can have the sourdough starter bread and pass it down for generations. And James and I went to this really cool Wyoming ranch last week, and they had a sourdough from years ago. And then we found out that other people have had starters in their family for generations and generations. And for me, what was just so simple about it was I can start my own traditions, me being adopted and, you know, my adoptive family, we don't have a lot of traditions. And then as we got older, our family kind of just dissipated. And so for me, that was really hard because the traditions as children, like I never really, we kept going. We don't have traditions. And so for me, my family is James and me and Olivia, our amazing Frenchie, if you haven't seen her on Instagram. Um, But it's just an opportunity again for us to start our own traditions. And I didn't know that you could pass sourdough down from time to time and family and gift it to people and make it for people. And so for me, just the intentionality behind this simple gesture of sourdough is just unreal to me because I'm finding so many gifts and opportunities. And it just, it really just makes me so excited how fulfilled just I haven't even made the bread yet or even tasted it, um, let alone dived in or dove in, whatever you say. I'm just so excited to share this. There's so many recipes and the excitement I wake up every morning to see if it's grown. And you just watch how this simple sourdough starter is just growing and it's growing my soul too. And it's growing James and I's family. And You know, it's growing my community because I'm meeting people. And so I just want to share that those going through their minimalist journey, their healing journey, or just finding things to do better with their time that are more fulfilling and more intentional, not only just to try sourdough, but to be excited about what you're exploring. I stumbled upon sourdough. I wasn't expecting to be so like 
fulfilled from it. And I led it with an open mind and it's still surprising me every day. So that's been my buffalo is this sourdough. And if it wasn't for me, so to speak, giving up my Chanel boots and committing to myself, what was it, a couple episodes ago, I wouldn't have done sourdough. And so it sucked at the time to think that, oh my gosh, I have to like I won't look as good or, you know, all these limiting beliefs. I won't look as good. Oh, shopping is shopping is what makes me set, set apart or, you know, it's not necessarily just shopping, but that want more, more, more mentality. Oh, I need this. I need this. I need this to everything. And so I really started leading my life. with I don't need more. I don't need more. Right. And so still going down that journey from when I opened up to you guys in the boundaries episode, it was really important for me to share not only for me, but for you guys. And it's, I'm still on my journey with it. And so I'm just I'm just excited to keep bringing you my story, my evolution on how I am finding fulfillment and joy in not materialistic things or aesthetic things or superficial things, but things that bring me importance and that are healing my inner child. You know, James and I were talking about inner child and it never really goes away. Inner child is always there. You know, it's how can we support that inner child in the moments of when we're scared or excited? Or for me, it's how can I fulfill that inner child that didn't get that love when I was in foster care and traveling at five years old? I was in five different homes in the year of five. You know, so for me, it's nesting right now, creating a home. I mean, even up till I was 27 years old until James and I were married. I mean, the last five years, I've just been go, go, going. And to just be still with myself at home, sourdough bread has really brought in that out in me. And I've been just so grateful, just just so grateful in terms of that I can do this and I get to do this. And I and I love challenging myself to explore other areas to keep fulfilling myself. And it's really is just simplifying my life and cutting out the noise of what everyone else is doing. And so I wanted to share with you my sourdough bread buffalo of the week. But I'm holding you guys accountable because I want you to send me names of what we can name my sourdough starter or my baby sourdough. And it's a girl, right? But I love the gender neutral names too. But you know, just keep weeding out things that don't inspire you and jump out of the bed in the morning. Trust me, it can change your energy and how you spend your time and like really what fulfills you, right? So now I'm going to go into my high. Again, it's like just being at home lately. I've just been feeling all the feels. Maybe it's the fall air. I'm not trying to justify it. I'm leaning into it, I say. I'm leaning into this just noticing phase. And I saw James mow the lawn yesterday. And he was so proud of one of James's first businesses when he was 13 years old was a landscaping business. And to this day, his brother has it. But for the past five years, James and I's relationship has really been go, go, go nonstop. And lately, our gratitude game has been phenomenal. <laughs> like we have been just so abundant in terms of how are we practicing gratitude? And when we're upset or when we're happy, how can we keep practicing that gratitude? And yesterday was just such a simple moment and it was my high because, you know, I saw James mow the lawn and it brought me back to my childhood of mowing the lawn. It was one of my chores, actually. 
And it just takes me back to this point where I used to mow the lawn and be so beyond embarrassed who saw me. You know, only poor people mow lawns. And if you mow your own lawn, you can't afford a landscape. And it's just all these limiting beliefs. If you do this, then you do this. And it's like, here we are mowing our lawn adulthood. And it's the most fulfilling thing. And yet when I was 10 or 11, 12 years old mowing the lawn in the front yard, I would literally be so embarrassed. I would see a car come and I would run so fast behind a bush so no one would see me. And I was just so driven by how people viewed me that I ran a lot of my childhood like that, caring what people thought of me, caring how people see me, caring what they think about my sisters, what they care about my mom or my dad. And I'm sitting there watching James and I'm like, just thinking about my younger self and how I ran from people in the front yard because I cared what people think. And here we are having a moment together, James and I celebrating that we get to be home and how fulfilling it is to garden and how fulfilling it is to just rake leaves and give back to our home. You know, although we're renting here in Chicago, um, we don't know where we're going to be in the next five years. We talk about going to New York. We talk about moving to Santa Barbara. You know, so right now Chicago is a rental, but, you know, Wyoming is our home. We have our home there for those of you that don't know. And, you know, we go back as much as we can. But Chicago has our heart right now for one of the businesses. But, you know, it's just been so rewarding to just work on our home and be home. We've been go, go, going so fast. So for me, why it was my high was because it was just a simple moment. And I reflected on a moment from my childhood and just was like, wow, I have grown so much. Like I could care less what people think because I am in such the present moment watching my husband mow the front lawn. And, you know, I didn't grow up with leaves in San Diego. So he was taking such proud joy because it was one of his first businesses and it brought him back to childhood in such a different way. And so we really connected on that moment and just being outside in the crisp fall air in Chicago and just having that moment together to just stop and appreciate, you know, this is not where we want to be in terms of renting or being in Chicago forever, but this is where we're at right now. You know, this is our home. This is where we need to be. And so rather than fighting it, we're just really accepting it, really holding on to these moments that, you know, it's not necessarily where we want to be. And we know that, but it's also just like taking the moment and accepting that, you know what, this is our life. And rather than taking the energy to fight it, just making the most of it. And as simple as mowing the lawn, it was beautiful. And I'm just so appreciative that I have a husband and James that's so open to, you know, yeah, we could judge ourselves and be like, I can't believe we're in a rental right now. And why are we in Chicago? But let's go deeper than that. You know, let's have a moment together. Let's let's just celebrate the simplicity that we're taking in because we've flown so much all over. We've been go, go, going and nonstop. So this is very new, very recent, and this leads me into my low. I have been waking up for the past six months just feeling completely off. Um, probably, yeah, six to eight months. I just wake up feeling like I'm hungover. 
honestly, and I'm not hungover. (laughs) You know, most of you know this, but I have been starting this sober curious journey where I spend probably 90, 95% of the month I don't drink. I maybe pick one day of the month and it's very intentional. It's not like I'm getting drunk, but part of what led to me not drinking was one of the things, my health. I just constantly want to keep getting my health better and health better and just becoming this better me and drinking wasn't adding value to my life and let alone I was letting it control me. And so for me, that was a big thing. And so I just want to get things in order and waking up feeling like crap. I was like, wait, I am now not drinking and I'm still feeling like almost hungover like symptoms. And so I went and got some blood results done. I've done some work with a naturopath, getting all my supplements, um, not drinking, including doing 75 hard to just really clean up my life, see what's going on with me. And so that being said, my blood work was done and I got some lab results back and my B levels were extremely low. And she's like, you know, if you're pregnant, I'd be really worried for you. I haven't seen levels this low in a while. Do you ever feel tired? And I go, no. I don't like I'm always going. So I don't really it's a mindset again for me. It's what is busy, what is tired, like just gauge your body and honor it. Right. And so for me, she's like, your blood levels are really low. If you're pregnant, your baby could have a cleft lip or deformed skeletal back, essentially is deformed back. So in my head, I'm like, crap. Like, I need to get this under my order. I'm not pregnant. Not that I know of. And so for me, it's like. Okay, so that's on the back of my mind. This is part of my low. Another part is not feeling so good. I'm like, okay, maybe that's why it's my B levels. Well, I went in and got a mammogram done last week. And I literally just, I have the envelope sitting on my desk right now. And it says important, read this. And so I opened it like two minutes ago. I'm bringing this to you guys. I got a mammogram done Um because I thought maybe my breast tissue was leaking. Maybe that's why I'm feeling off. My implants are 10 years old. I got them when I was 23. I'm now 32. So, okay, nine years, maybe it's time. They're just leaking. And so I don't know the results yet. I'm sharing this with you guys. I haven't even shared with my family. I feel like somewhat of my community, you, everyone in the Hustle for Happiness crew, we are together and you guys respond to me and we talk a lot. And if you haven't, please reach out to me. But like, I'm scared. You know, when you get a note that says important and it says the report from your recent mammogram indicates that you need additional follow up as soon as possible. And then James is crying last night. What if you have breast cancer? What if you have this? And I'm just thinking, great, my B levels are low. Nothing I can't manage, but my B levels are low. I am six days late on my period and I have a mammogram. I just a lot of unopened, not unopened, a lot of unsettling things. And this is a really big low. And I'm trying to not be sad about it, but I am, you know? I wasn't planning on doing this today. I totally, I had to get this podcast done for you guys, especially for the holidays. I want to relax. And then I opened this envelope because the doorbell rang as I was recording, so I had to pause. (laughs) Um, And it says, it's just like your mind wanders. And so this is my, I'm in a hardcore low right now. 
and I'm new to religion and all of that. So just pray. I'm okay with a leaky boob. I think that's what it is. It's just like the levels are low. I'm going to start my period or I'm not and I'm pregnant. Like, who knows? Who knows? But it's like crazy because it's like makes me think like I have the most amazing husband. Um, And I'm sorry to get emotional on, on the camera. <laughs> Actually, I'm not sorry. I just want to say thank you guys for hearing me and don't judge me. I literally just opened this envelope. Um, So my low is just all of these things. And my right boob has been bothering me and it's been getting really hard. So this is also my love note to you, my love note to everyone listening. Um, Get checked. Do your routines. Don't take your health lightly. But if you're waking up funny and you've done everything, as James talks about it, be the advocate for your health. Like, I'm not crying because I'm sad. It's just a lot of unknown. And... I am taking it step by step, you know, um, and so I'll keep you guys posted. <laughs> I'm literally looking at the report as I'm talking to you. And I just sometimes James has a lot of stuff going on with work, um, but it's just it's just crazy. <laughs> I want to start a family so bad. I want to share my vulnerability with you guys. And we're in this together. And so this is my low. I'm not trying to turn around and make it positive. I am sitting in my emotions with you. And you guys are seeing me as I show up. And I am meeting myself right now. I, I'm i so excited to bring this episode with you guys. To you guys, though, it is the advice column. So that being said, let's just get straight into it. I love part of my self-care is helping others. And so when we help others, our problems don't seem so small or so scary. And this advice column is such a special one. We got a lot of questions in like it's growing. If you guys need advice, mentorship, coaching, life advice, um, it could be anything from dating to relationships to mindset to diet to wellness to how to approach a simple problem that seems so big, right? Please DM me. Please email me. Everything is in the show notes to contribute to this. This is the advice column that you guys help run. So let's get into it. Do you believe in the right person wrong time or apply that if he wanted to, he would to this? Or is it just wrong person, no matter the timing, the right person will make it work? You know, this is a great question. I feel like I've gotten similar ones to this before. And it really just what hits me is, do you believe in the right person, wrong time? I think that everything does happen for a reason, not only with people meeting us, but how we show up and meet people. Are we our best person? Are we attracting who we want to be? You know, we get married at young ages or older ages, but we are constantly evolving. And I just want to say it's great that you're seeking advice to empower yourself and, you know, taking charge in your situation. It sounds really complex, but it, it doesn't have to be right. We don't know what this other person is doing, right? It's the right time, wrong time. Does he like me? Does she like me? Are, are they into me? Did I say the wrong things? Are they picking a career over me or, you know, whatever it might be? You got to come back to yourself. And I say this over and over again. But come back to yourself and ask yourself some questions. You know, what are your individual goals and priorities in life? 
Does this person want to compromise with you? Does this person want to do life with you? Sacrifice some. Are you willing to sacrifice? You know, how can you communicate? This is a big one is opening up the conversation. You know, I hear that you need to get clarity, not only with yourself, but what what this other person wants. And then when they give you that answer, rather than try to change them, fight them, meet them. Okay, they're telling me that, you know, this is the wrong time. How are you then fighting reality, right? How are you fighting reality to try to make it work when they've told you that this is not the right time? It's okay to peacefully not work out, right? And maybe try again later. But the right person, wrong time, or if he wanted to, he would, really just depends on not only the situation, but what you're willing to compromise and what they are, right? It's getting clear and talking about it and not having a fight or making it dramatic. And then when you get that answer, is that, ask yourself, is that okay with me? Does that feel right? Rather than, okay, I guess it'll work. Or maybe it's not. Maybe the, the hard question is, are you willing to hear reality? Maybe not even in the answer with the other person, but what you need as a partner. You know, it's also what you need. You know, when they say, I'm just not trying to get into anything serious. Okay, then. That is it. You know, when James and I were first dating, um, he was going through his divorce. And it just brings me back to this time. He was going through his divorce. And I knew he needed a friend. I was totally into him, though. Like, I thought he was the cutest thing. He was so sweet. We talked for two hours on the phone. And he told me, I'm like, I'm not looking for anything serious. I just want to have fun. And I go, all right, let's just have some fun. You know, part of me wanted to, I wanted more from him. I wanted that commitment. I wanted to know that I was his girlfriend. You know, my ego was so like into his power, into what he wanted. And then that's what I wanted. But that's when I started my self-growth journey. That was five years ago. And at the beginning of that, I was like, this is an opportunity for me to really not try to change, but just be present, you know, rather than he knew what he wanted. He didn't want her relationship. I was like, oh, my gosh. OK, fine. Oh, my gosh. It was so hard. You guys like so hard to just accept that he didn't want me. So like, OK, so I had to separate myself. I dated other people until the day he asked me to be his girlfriend I was dating other people. He told me he didn't want a relationship. And so for me, what I'm hearing in this same similar situation is where does that other person need to be met? James said he didn't want a girlfriend. Nine months later, he did. So I saw that as an opportunity for me to have fun, work on being present, not comparing myself. I mean, he constantly had hinge popping up, hinge notifications on his phone, Bumble notifications. I was like, oh my gosh, he likes someone else. But what I kept coming back to was myself. I was like, I am good enough because you know why? I am hanging out with him. He kept inviting me on dates. Obviously, I was good enough to hang out with him. Obviously, I was showing up how I wanted to be. And that was being present, not forcing anything, not trying to change, but just be. And so for me, that was a really hard challenge. But I saw this as an opportunity. Okay, maybe this is an opportunity for me to work on. Now, I'm not saying date a guy who's like, oh, yeah, I want to date five girls. I mean, that that might work for some people. But again, 
me being with James of the first nine months open relationship was something that I was willing to tolerate because I was like, okay, if this is what he wants and I have to adjust myself, I have to maybe not go full on girlfriend, but yeah, when we're together, we're together. You know, he had all of his hinge notifications pop up. Not going to lie. I pretended to like a bunch of guys right before (laughs) we met and I had my hinge notifications popped up, but you guys, let's be real. I'm like, I knew I wanted James, but like, I just had to play the game. Oh, yeah. Playing the game is hard and I don't recommend it. And so that's when I started going into my knowingness. I was like, hang on. We like each other. We're hanging out nonstop. And so for me, it was an opportunity for me to work on myself. And at nine months, it was his idea to then ask me to be his girlfriend. And then we re-communicated, we re-talked, we re-established what would work for us. And so my advice to you is communicate, talk, see what works for you, see what doesn't work for you, try it out, you know? But again, come back to yourself. What do you need in this relationship? Maybe the partner you're, you're hoping that's your partner can't give that to you. And so just, just talk with reality a little bit. Get real, right? Real in reality. Get real with yourself and then listen to that and try not to fight it. That's my advice on that one. All right, next question. My husband is adopted and he just found out as an adult he's having a really hard time navigating what he's going through. And me as his wife, I am trying to understand better. I know he's not alone and he beats himself up so bad. (sighs) All right. There's a lot of layers to this one. And I have 10 minutes of this episode with you guys. Um, We might have to do a part two. So her husband's adopted. That's there's a lot of layers in that. And I will link a book down below about adoptive parents. There's a psychologist that wrote. um, I, I don't forgot the name of it. Look in the show notes. It's a psychologist who adopted. Julie Andrews actually gave my friend this book and she gave me this book. And it's such a beautiful story about a culmination of adoptees, adopted kids. They're called adoptees and how to understand them. I highly encourage you to, it's called Primal Wound. Primal Wound. Yay. It's in the show notes. Highly recommend anyone adopted seeking to understand how adoptees operate, feel, I love that you're seeking to understand your husband and be there for him and support him. And I'm just going to say this in the nicest way possible. This is his journey. He has a lot of healing to do and forever healing to do. A lot of adoptees, we feel like we don't belong. Me being adopted at nine, I still feel like I don't belong. I still feel down to my primal wound, down to my DNA, that when you're taken from your mother... Something at the core gets disrupted. It's unexplainable. And so the feeling of not belonging, being rejected, sometimes we don't feel like we fit in with family or friends or just in society as society as in general. Um, sometimes we struggle with our identity and who we are. And for me, I don't have baby pictures. And so for me, I'm always wondering, what will I look like? And not will, what did I look like? And what will my future kids look like? And we have all these questions about our family and just a lot of unanswered questions. And I've mentioned this before when I first shared my story. If you guys haven't heard it, episode one, everyone seems to knows what our past was. 
everyone seems to know but us. And so for me, I encourage you to just be unconditional, right? You know, not only are we adopted, but we have trauma too. So identity, feeling like we don't belong, and then dealing with that trauma, healing from that trauma. You know, we we experience it before adoption and after adoption. You know, there's double trauma. You know, you're going into a new family. You're learning a new family that you're genetically not connected to, at least for my situation. I wasn't adopted till I was nine, and we went from home to home to home and orphanages and separated from our siblings before. And so you have the trauma leading up to adoption, you have the trauma leading up after. And so I just kind of went down a rabbit hole because I was like, I wonder what AI or Google would say. And it's so basic. It's so basic that I don't agree with it. They said seeking out support groups. Like I get that, but it's so generic and so Connecting with other adoptees. Yeah, okay. Again, I'm not feeling it. I'm just not feeling that answer. And then the other one is exploring the heritage through DNA testing. Yeah, these can be all possible options that you could bring to your husband's attention. But let's be real. We want unconditional love. We don't want someone figuring out our journey for us. We just want a place where we can feel sad with. I personally would just, James was like, well, let's try to figure it out. And it's like, I don't want that. I don't want someone figuring it out. I just want love. Let me cry. Let me feel angry. Let me feel. And like, I think for me, when you go back to the question is, I'm his wife and I'm trying to understand and he's not alone. Allow him to feel alone. Allow him to know that you are his wife. Allow him to just come to you. Open arms. How can I support you? Asking questions like, what do you need right now? Or what's on your mind? Or, you know, what scares you? Or what comes up when you think about being adopted? I highly encourage you really to just start reading about adoptees and the the psyche around adoption. And for us, you know, the primal wound is a great, great start. But more importantly, it's not what do I need to do? What do I need to say? It's really keeping it simple as patience, being patient and empathetic with your husband. You know, this is not a this is not about you. It's not your difficult time. It's your husband's difficult time. And I guarantee for the first time in his life, he's never had someone to just be there and be without any expectation about any agenda to just be with him during this difficult time. What a blessing and an honor that he feels so comfortable being with you to share. And that's that's so special to anyone who's been adopted to just have that unconditional love, to re-remind ourselves that we are lovable, we are okay, and we do belong. I don't want you to feel like you have to take this upon yourself. You know, you don't have to solve his problems. Just be an ear to talk. I think that that's the most understated tool we can do for anyone processing trauma, anyone processing a breakup from a death to losing a job. I think it's all it's the most underplayed tool is to just listen and try not to solve. Try not to have an agenda but just to be that unconditional support for him. I I just appreciate this kind of question. Um, 
And you know what you can do on the side. You don't have to do everything with your husband, but start educating yourself. Educate yourself on adoption and learn about the emotional impact. Again, the book I suggest in the show notes is huge. I share, I would love to talk. Please DM me. Let's let's connect. Again, the connecting piece, you don't have to do everything, but on your own, empower yourself as a partner, as a wife, as a mother, right? You you can also communicate with your husband. So you can educate yourself on adoption. You can communicate with your husband. You know, these are other things that you can do. Encourage your husband to share his thoughts, regardless of good or bad feelings, and just listen. Don't give advice. You're not an expert. I can't count how many times people tell me how I should feel all growing up. I was so tired of it. Don't do it. Just listen. Be a good listener and try not to judge and criticize. Let him know that you're there for him. That's all he wants because right now he's having a hard time just being there for himself. Just think about that. When we're in our lowest points, we're judging ourselves. And, you know, it's hard to, at least for me, to share my emotion. And, you know, I got emotional with you guys because you gave me, you're giving me this trusted platform to share. And that's all your husband is needing or maybe your friend going through pain. Listen, just be there for them. You know, professional help is an option. I think that is maybe go to a counselor, talk about your feelings specifically around his feelings. But again, this is his journey. So keep it separate. You know, if you, if things come up for you that you're noticing that when he cries or breaks down and you're getting more frustrated and you're seeing changes in yourself, these are often signs that a coach like me is there to help or a therapist or a friend to talk to. But Allowing him to have a safe place to feel is one, but two, this is his journey and this can be your journey and maybe it brings up things from your past that, you know, you never knew you needed to work on. So it's a blessing that he's, he feels this way because things are coming up for you that maybe this is an opportunity for you as well to work on. And then just being helpful to attend therapy together. So as you guys go through your separate journeys and then come together and talk about it, or James and I are in therapy, I believe that you know, James and I have a life coach and a therapist, and then we have each other, right? We still come together. I believe that therapy and coaching is amazing because you get ahead of it. You don't need a huge fire or a fight, so to speak, to go to therapy. It's maintenance. It's getting ahead of it. It's getting, it's just staying on the same rhythm together and getting ahead and challenging each other to just communicate and keep growing that intimacy together. So maybe strengthening your relationship is seeing someone together, right? And then just connecting with others. But most importantly, just be patient and understanding during this process. He knows that there's support and resources, but a lot is coming up for him right now. And that's what's important is he's ready to heal. And that's so beautiful. And I I hope this goes well. Um, it will go well, actually. I don't want to hope. It will go well. I'm excited. An opportunity to learn your husband, to learn yourself, and to just give him that love. Like, I am so excited. I'm really excited for you guys. And that's all the time we have. 40 minutes. I, I appreciate everyone in this community. Um, Gosh, I already feel so much better being on this podcast episode after that. You know, I showed up really uneasy today. And I hope that 
anyone feeling uneasy is to just sit with those feelings. And just for me today, as I'm going to preach my own words, take my own medicine is I'm just going to sit with all this information I have on my plate. And I already feel so, so relieved to just share with you all. Nothing to be worried about, please. Um, Just a big thank you. Please subscribe. Please share. Please, 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 please just keep the happiness going. We're all on this journey. It's a hustle, that's for sure. Today was one of those days, but this is why we show up. This is why we do the work. And this is why we are a community. Bye, guys. I hope today's episode left you better than when I found you. Make sure you hit the subscribe button and tune in every Monday to kickstart your week and set your weekly intentions with me. You can find me and HFH on YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok or online at heycourtneybrook.com. I firmly believe in the power of sharing. If you know someone else who would benefit from this podcast, please share it with them. And remember, when you work on you, I get to be there.